Homily 9, from the Homilies of First Timothy by St. John Chrysostom, translated by Philip Schaeff. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. First Timothy, chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Let the women learn in silence, with all subjection, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing, if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Great modesty and great propriety does the blessed Paul require of women, and that not only with respect to their dress and appearance, he proceeds even to regulate their speech. And what says he, let the women learn in silence, that is, let her not speak at all in the church, which rule he has also given in his epistle to the Corinthians, where he says, it is a shame for women to speak in the church. And the reason is that the law has made them subject to men. And again elsewhere, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home. Then indeed the women from such teaching keep silence. But now there is apt to be great noise among them, much clamor and talking nowhere so much as in this place. They may all be seen here talking more than in the market or at the bath, or as if they came hither for recreation, they are all engaged in conversing upon unprofitable subjects. Thus all is confusion, and they seem not to understand, that unless they are quiet they cannot learn anything that is useful. For when our discourse strains against the talking, and no one minds what is said, what good can it do them? To such a degree should women be silent, that they are not allowed to speak not only about worldly matters, but not even about spiritual things in the church. This is order, this is modesty, this will adorn her more than any garments. Thus clothed, she will be able to offer her prayers in the manner most becoming. But I suffer not a woman to teach. I do not suffer, he says. What place has this command here? The fittest. He was speaking of quietness, of propriety, of modesty. So having said that he wished them not to speak in the church, to cut off all occasion of conversation, he says, let them not teach, occupy the station of learners. For thus they will show submission by their silence. For the sex is naturally somewhat talkative, and for this reason he restrains them on all sides. For Adam, says he, was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. If it be asked, what has this to do with women of the present day, it shows that the male sex enjoyed the higher honor. Man was first formed, and elsewhere he shows their superiority. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Why then does he say this? He wishes the man to have preeminence in every way, both for the reason given above. He means, let them have precedence, and on account of what occurred afterwards. For the woman taught the man once, and made him guilty of disobedience, and wrought our ruin. Therefore, because she made a bad use of her power over the man, or rather her equality with him, God made her subject to her husband. Thy desire shall be to thy husband. This had not been said to her before. But how was Adam not deceived? If he was not deceived, he did not then transgress. Attend carefully. The woman said, 
the serpent beguiled me but the man did not say the woman deceived me but she gave me of the tree and i did eat now it is not the same thing to be deceived by a fellow creature one of the same kind as by an inferior and subordinate animal this is truly to be deceived compared therefore with the woman he is spoken of as not deceived for she was beguiled by an inferior and subject he by an equal again it is not said of the man that he saw the tree was good for food but of the woman that she did eat and give it to her husband so that he transgressed not captivated by appetite but merely from the persuasion of his wife the woman taught once and ruined all on this account therefore he saith let her not teach but what is it to other women that she suffered this it certainly concerns them for the sex is weak and fickle and she is speaking of the sex collectively for he said not eve but the woman which is the common name of the whole sex not her proper name was then the whole sex included in the transgression for her fault as he said of adam after the similitude of adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come so here the female sex transgressed and not the male shall not women then be saved yes by means of children for it is not of eve that he says if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety what faith what charity what holiness with sobriety it is if he had said ye women be not cast down because your sex has incurred blame god has granted you another opportunity of salvation by the bringing up of children so that you are saved not only by yourselves but by others see how many questions are involved in this matter the woman he says being deceived was in the transgression what woman eve shall she then be saved by childbearing he does not say that but the race of women shall be saved was not it then involved in transgression yes it was still eve transgressed but the whole sex shall be saved notwithstanding by childbearing and why not by their own personal virtue for has she excluded others from this salvation and what will be the case with virgins with the barren with widows who have lost their husbands before they had children will they perish there is no hope for them yet virgins are held in the highest estimation what then does he mean to say some interpret his meaning thus as what happened to the first woman occasioned the subjection of the whole sex for since eve was foreign second and made subject he says let the rest of the sex be in subjection so because she transgressed the rest of the sex are also in transgression but this is not fair reasoning for at the creation all was the gift of god but in this case it is the consequence of the woman's sin but this is the amount of what he says as all men died through one because that one sinned so the whole female race transgressed because the woman was in the transgression let her not however grieve god hath given her no small consolation that of childbearing and if it be said that this is of nature so is that also of nature for not only that which is of nature has been granted but also the bringing up of children if they continue in the faith and charity and holiness with sobriety that is if after childbearing they keep them in charity and purity by these means they will have no small reward on their account because they have trained up wrestlers for the service of christ by holiness he means good life modesty and sobriety chapter three verse one
This is a faithful saying. This relates to the present subject, not to what follows, respecting the office of a bishop, for as it was doubted, he affirms it to be a true saying, that fathers may be benefited by the virtue of their children, and mothers also, when they have brought them up as well. But what if she be herself addicted to wickedness and vice? Will she then be benefited by the bringing up of children? Is it not probable that she will bring them up to be like herself? It is not therefore of any woman, but of the virtuous woman, that it is said that she shall receive a great recompense for this also. Hear this, ye fathers and mothers, that your bringing up of children shall not lose its reward. This also, he says, as he proceeds, well reported of for good works. If she have brought up children, among other commendations, he reckons this one, for it is no light praise to devote to God those children which are given them of God. For if the basis, the foundation which they lay be good, great will be their reward, as great, if they neglect it, will be their punishment. It was on account of his children that Eli perished, for he ought to have admonished them, and indeed he did admonish them, but not as he ought. But from his unwillingness to give them pain, he destroyed both himself and them. Hear this, ye fathers, bring your children up with great care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Youth is wild and requires many governors, teachers, directors, attendants, and tutors. And after all these, it is a happiness if it be restrained. For as a horse it not broken in, or a wild beast untamed, such is youth. But if from the beginning, from the earliest age, we fix it in good rules, much pains will not be required afterwards. For good habits formed will be to them as a law. Let us not suffer them to do anything which is agreeable but injurious, nor let us indulge them as forsooth but children, especially let us train them up in chastity, for there is the very bane of youth. For this many struggles, much attention will be necessary. Let us take wives for them early, so that their brides may receive their bodies pure and unpolluted, so their loves will be more ardent. He that is chaste before marriage, much more will he be chaste after it. And he that practiced fornication before, will practice it after marriage. All bread, it is said, is sweet to the fornicator. Garlands are wont to be worn on the heads of bridegrooms, as a symbol of victory, betokening that they approach the marriage bed unconquered by pleasure. But if captivated by pleasure, he has given himself up to harlots. Why does he wear the garland? since he has been subdued. Let us admonish them of these things. Let us employ sometimes advice, sometimes warnings, sometimes threatening. In children we have a great charge committed to us. Let us bestow great care upon them, and do everything that the evil one may not rob us of them. But now our practice is the very reverse of this. We take all care, indeed, to have our farm in good order, and to commit it to a faithful manager. We look out for it as an ass-driver, and a muleteer, and a bailiff, and a clever accountant. But we do not look out for what is much more important, for a person to whom we may commit our son as the guardian of his morals, though this is a possession much more valuable than all others. It is for him indeed that we take such care of our estate, to take care of our possessions for our children, but of the children themselves we take no care at all. What an absurdity is this? 
form the soul of thy son aright and all the rest will be added hereafter if that is not good he will derive no advantage from his wealth and if it is formed in goodness he will suffer no harm from poverty wouldst thou leave him rich teach him to be good for so he will be able to acquire wealth or if not he will not fare worse than they who possess it but if he be wicked though you leave him boundless wealth you leave him no one to take care of it and you render him worse than those who are reduced to extreme poverty for poverty is better than riches for those children who are not well disposed for it retains them in some, some degree of virtue even against their will whereas money does not suffer those who would be sober to continue so it leads them away ruins them and plunges them into infinite dangers mothers be especially careful to regulate your daughters well for the management of them is easy be watchful over them that they may be keepers at home above all instruct them to be pious modest despisers of wealth indifferent to ornament in this way dispose them in marriage for if you form them in this way you will save not only them but the husband who is destined to marry them and not the husband only but the children and not the children only but the grandchildren for the root being made good good branches will shoot forth and still become better and for all these you will receive a reward let us do all things therefore as befitting not only one soul but many through that one for they ought to go from their father's house to marriage as combatants from the school of exercise furnished with all necessary knowledge and to be as leaven able to transform the whole lump to its own virtue and let your sons be so modest as to be distinguished for their steadfastness and sobriety that they may receive great praise both from god and men let them learn to govern their appetites to avoid extravagance to be good economists affectionate and submissive to rule for so they will be able to secure a good reward to their parents so all things will be done to the glory of god and to our salvation through christ jesus our lord with whom etc end of homily nine